Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Tell Us a Good Story. Today, if you are an Ohio State football fan, you are going to love this next conversation. And guess what? Even if you are not a sports fan, I think you'll still enjoy this one because the stories are fascinating. Coach Bill Conley is a retired Ohio State football coach who played for Woody Hayes and coached under Earl Bruce, John Cooper, and Jim Trestle. He has some amazing recruiting stories to share from his time at Ohio State. Oh my gosh, Kevin. My favorite is the story about how he had to recruit both Eddie George and his mom for him to go to Ohio State. I also like the one where we ask him, what was the craziest thing he ever heard another coach offer a kid to attend their school? So good. So funny. You'll hear all that and more on today's episode of Tell Us a Good Story. I'm Kevin. And I'm Stephanie. And during our marriage, we have dealt with an electrocution, a brain tumor, brain surgery. Then doctors telling us that children were not in our future, followed by miscarriage, and then Kevin's cancer diagnosis. However, today we live a life completely healed and restored with three healthy children who doctors said were not possible. And we're here to tell stories that inspire, give hope, and brighten your day. Welcome to Tell Us a Good Story. This episode is being presented to you by Luby Companies, a custom home builder here in central Ohio. Let them be your builder for life. They're freaking awesome. Steph, I will admit, I've been pretty giddy about this next guest. I'm so excited. And you are too. I am so excited about this. Because you know, outside of spending time with you and our family. Good answer. Yes. What is one of my favorite things in the world? Ohio State football. Yes. Ohio State football. And this next guest has lived Ohio State football. Yes. Friends, our next guest is one of the very few people who has ever played and coached at the Ohio State University. What is even more rare is the fact that he was part of a national championship team, both as a player and a coach. This man has over four decades of coaching experience at the high school and college levels, along with being recognized by ESPN as the number one recruiter in all of college football during his career. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to tell us a good story, Coach Bill Conley. Oh, Coach! Well, thank you for that introduction. Hopefully I can live up to it. I don't know. (laughs) Well, Coach, thank you for saying yes to us, first of all. And as you can imagine... Steph and I love hearing and sharing stories. And you have played for Woody. You've coached with Earl Bruce and John Cooper and Jim Trestle and just incredible. So the first thing, Steph, and I wanted to ask you, Coach, is looking back when you played for Coach Woody Hayes, when we watch videos. Yeah, and we of- did have face masks back then. I just want you to know that. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> but when we see videos of Coach Hayes, where it's on the sidelines or in practice, he is constantly screaming and yelling. But what was he actually like as a coach from a firsthand experience? Well, first of all, you know, in terms of the coaching on the field, it was business first. You were out there to work hard every minute you're on the field. But the thing about Woody Hayes that a lot of people don't know is what a great man he was off the field. He did so many things for people uh, that and he didn't want the, these stories told, but for example, we had an equipment manager by the name of Phil Bennett, and he was he had some issues, health issues, and you know his insurance had ran out, and Woody would never charge money for speeches that he'd give, but all of a sudden he started accepting checks, and he would take those checks and turn them over to the Bennett family to help pay his medical bills, and the stories like that you just don't hear of. So, uh, but he was a great man, great experience to be under under that guy. 
Steph, remember when we talked to Jack Park? I was just thinking about Jack Park. Yes. And w- when we had on Jack Park, he had mentioned, Coach, that the first time he'd interviewed Woody, he was so nervous, right? Because Woody's such an intimidating guy. But he said he walked in his office and Woody asked him all about him. They didn't talk football. They talked for like an hour. Mm-hmm. And Coach Hayes wanted to know about Jack Park, right? And he was 23, 24, he said at the time, fresh out of college. And he was just blown away how he took such an interest in him off the field, mm-hmm. which, which was shocking. Yeah, he was, he was like that. You know, we had our first team meeting when I was a freshman. And we're in the auditorium. We're waiting for Woody to come in. Man, we're all nervous and anxious to meet him. And the same thing. He talked uh, to us about half an hour, 40 minutes. He never even mentioned football. All he talked about was education. You came here to get a degree first. And uh, that was very important to him. Gosh. Well, where were you at then? I guess in 78, when he did hit that Clemson player, I guess, at the Gator Board. You, you were on the team then from a coaching staff perspective. Where, where were you at at that point? Now, in 78, I was coaching high school ball. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I graduated in 72. So, actually, I was watching that on TV like everybody else. And oh. It was, you know, very sad, very sad situation. One moment. One moment slips and it just cost him. And you just hate to see that, like you said. So, Coach, yeah. with our guest, we always do a list of fun facts and accomplishments because I want listeners and I want staff to hear what people have done, what they've gone through. And now I have not shared this with staff. Okay, so I want her to kind of hear this for the first time. And honestly, Coach, I would say this is probably the toughest I've had of narrowing it down. So, Coach, I'm going to brag on you for a moment here, if you don't mind. And as we go through these fun facts, I'm sure we'll have questions. So, Steph, after playing for the Buckeyes from 1968 to 71, Coach Conley spent more than a decade coaching at the high school level before joining Earl Bruce's staff at High State in 1984. He served as a head coach at London, Groveport, Middletown, in Dublin high schools. Really? Middletown, so that's coach, my family. So Coach was in high school over a decade before he ever got into the college ranks. Uh-huh. Did you coach Chris Carter then when you were at Middletown? Yeah, at Middletown High School, actually. What, I coached Chris. What was he like then in high school? Did you realize he had Hall of Fame-like talent as a teenager? Not initially. Matter of fact, I'll tell you a story. I got there, he was going to be a junior. And he didn't know if he was going to play football anymore because he wanted to be a pro basketball player, like oh. his brother Butch. Okay. Butch Carter is a pro basketball player, so he wasn't anything about not you know not coming out for football. Well, I got to tell you, so we're moving a weight machine from a middle school to the high school, and a bunch of the players there to help move that equipment. And he was standing beside me at lower part of the dock, and the weight machine was up on the top of the dock, which was you know over is you know three and a half feet up there. And uh, I said, Chris, uh, go up and help uh, balance the weight machine on top. It's okay, coach. I thought he was going to take the steps. He didn't take the steps. Flat-footed, boom. No Leaped way. on top. What a vertical leap. I looked at one of their coaches, and I said, that's not an ordinary human being. <laughs> so we had a long talk, and I talked to Chris. I said, Chris, I want you to do this. Play football for one more year, your junior year. And if you want to just concentrate on basketball after that, that's fine. And I wish you the best of luck. He said, okay, coach, I'll do it. Well, he had a great year, all state, and his senior year became an All-American in both sports. And the great thing about it is he had still option to play college basketball or football. So he had year uh, five official visits. So he had four set for football schools, Ohio State, a team up north, <laughs> Notre Dame, Southern Cal, and uh, Louisville for basketball. Okay. And so we never took the basketball visit, didn't take the Southern Cal visit. 
visited the three other football schools and said he wanted to come to Ohio State. So, of course, he made history because right. he was the greatest wide receiver, you know, probably at that time Ohio State ever had. And just a tremendous basketball player also. And he could have been a, a top basketball player at a college too. Just that one conversation impacted his entire life. So Steph, Coach here was on the coaching staff at Ohio State from 84 to 87. And then again from 91 to 2003 under Earl Bruce, John Cooper, Jim Trestle. Mm-hmm. Was a fellow assistant coach on Earl Bruce's staff for two seasons with a young coach by the name of Urban Meyer. You have had almost all the like huge coaches. <laughs> yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's what? stop there. Let's stop there. Let's stop there. Okay. okay. Out of all those coaches, which one impacted your life the most or just their coaching technique was incredible to you? Well, I think as a coach, you're kind of a reflection of all those guys. The main guy was Woody. Woody's the guy that made me decide I want to be a coach because I didn't decide that until I was really a junior in college. That's the route I wanted to go. So he had the most influence. But each one of those guys was special in a lot of different ways. They all were great. They were all successful. And each one had their own thing that they were, they were really good at. But most importantly, they were good at motivating kids. They were good at getting the best out of their coaches also. What did you see in Urban? Did you see that he could be an incredible coach? Or was he just too young, I guess, at yeah. that point? Well, you could you could no, you could see that he was a dedicated, hardworking coach. But see, he was a young coach. He was a graduate assistant. And so what that means is you gotta do all those really important duties, like go get the coach's car washed, <laughs> go pick up his laundry laundry. So oh, if, oil if Urban was there so we had to keep Urban humble a little bit. So we remind him of those things. But uh, no, he, you could tell he was going to be a really good coach. Oh, that's, that's good. Awesome. So Steph, during Coach's 17 years as an assistant coach for the Buckeyes, he was consistently recognized as one of America's top recruiters, including being honored by ESPN as the number one football recruiting coordinator in all of college football. Okay, let's stop there. Let's talk about recruiting. So yeah. tell us your favorite recruiting story. From back in the day? Yes. Do you, yeah, or one of them, Coach. One, I'm, or 10, it's fine. <laughs> well, Just tell well, probably, probably the greatest one, and uh, it's one that is in the book I wrote about recruiting, and uh, it's about uh, recruiting Eddie George. See, Eddie George was not a highly recruited athlete. Eddie George was at a small military school in Virginia called Fork Union Military Academy. So uh, you understand as a recruiting coordinator, things happen a lot earlier today than they used to. But even back then, you had to be on top of things. And so you had a pretty good idea going into into the junior year to the beginning of the senior year, players that were really the best around the country that you wanted to go after. So this is the senior year of Eddie George. I'm out on the practice field. And I was coaching defensive end. So I had Mike Vrabel and Matt Finkus and those guys. I put them through some drills. And this little student coach comes up. Danny Osmond. And Danny says, hey, coach, are you recruiting a kid from my school? I said, what school did you go to, Danny? Because working in the military academy in Virginia. I said, Danny, I've never been to Fort Union Military Academy. You know, I've been to a lot of high schools around this country, but I've never been to that one. I said, so you got a buddy this place. I said, what year is he, a sophomore or junior? Oh, no, he's a senior. So automatically, I'm thinking, this is buddy, is a senior, yeah. trying to get looked at, all that stuff. But I'm going to do my part. I said, okay, Danny, here's what I want you to do. Give me the coach's name and telephone number. Be at my office tomorrow morning at 6 o'clock because I know no college kids going to get up at 6 o'clock. Right? <laughs> and, and I'll call the coach. So I'm in my office and watching film next morning at 6 o'clock. 
Right back, right back. Danny Osmond hands me the coach's name and number. Oh, man, I got to call this guy about this player that probably is not very good. He's just his buddy. But I got to do my duty. So I called. I said, this is Coach Schumann, 14 in Military Academy. This is Captain Schumann, 14 in Military <laughs> Academy, sir. I said, uh, Coach, you got it there, a player there, Andy George. Yes, sir. I said, is he good? Yes, sir. Can I get some film on him? Yes, sir. That's the, that's the conversation. That's it. So I'm thinking, oh, man. So he's going to send me a tape. So I forget about it. I figured kids not good anyway. So about 10 days later, I come into my office after practice, take the clipboard and hat and whistle off on stuff. There's a tape set on my desk. Working in the military academy on Eddie George. Oh, man, I got, I got to look at the guy. So I get out a note card. Still got the note card today. Wrote down. Coach Schumann, thank you for sending us a tape on Eddie George. We got some good running backs this year. Now, Raymond Harris, Beller Benote, Robert Smith. I said that uh, but if you ever have another great player, let me know. So I'm going to send that back with the tape. So I'm going to look at six plays, put that in the tape, send it back. First play, I look at it. I said, man, this guy's awful big for a tailback. And he's over six foot tall. He's probably not very fast. Takes a ball off tackle from about 15 yards. Pretty good burst on him. That's not too bad. Second play, he runs over a linebacker. So now he's tough. He's quick. I got to watch a little more of this guy. Then he takes a little swing pass and goes 40 yards for a touchdown. That's all I got to see. This guy's pretty good. I get back on the on the phone. Is this is this uh, Coach Schumann? This is Captain Schumann, 14 Philly Academy, sir. Oh, this is Coach Conley, Ohio State. Yes, sir. I said, I got that tape, uh, you know, on Eddie George. Yes, sir. I said, you're right. He's pretty good. Yes, sir. I said, so who else is recruiting? He says, Louisville. Okay. No, just Louisville. Just Louisville's recruiting. Okay, coach. So I, I call Eddie George that night. Now, working in Military Academy, there was no cell phones. Okay. You had a hall phone, and they could only use the phone 7 o'clock to 10 o'clock on Monday nights. So that's when I had to call. So I call him 7 o'clock, first night. You know, hold on. One of the other guys goes down and gets him. This is Coach Collins, and uh, we start talking. I said, so, Eddie, the only school that's recruiting you is Louisville? Yeah, Coach, I'm going to take a visit there first week in the summer. I said, well, I want you to visit us the second week. Said, okay, Coach, that's great. Boys love the Buckeyes. All those silver helmets. I'm fired up. Okay, Coach. So now i got to tell Coach Cooper about it. So I call Coach Cooper in the office. I said, look at this guy, Coach. What are you thinking? Yeah, he's a big old boy. <laughs> yeah, he runs pretty good. Where's he from? Cincinnati? No. Columbus here? No. Cleveland? No. One of your boys from Florida? I said, no. Said, Where is he from? I said, Fork Union, Virginia. Where the Fork Union, Virginia? <laughs> What's well, a military school outside Charlottesville? He says, I want to bring him in for a visit. Yeah, he looks pretty good. Bring him on in. So now this is the end of September. So we've got a couple of months. So every Monday, 7 o'clock, I'm calling it. I think this is great. We might have a diamond in the rough. So the uh, first week of November, Eddie Bell's going, yeah, coach, you won't believe it. Notre Dame, Penn State, Michigan have all contacted me. I'm visit them in January after I visit you guys in Louisville. I go, oh, they heard we're recruiting him. They heard him. They found our diamond in the rough. Oh, no. So he comes on his visit that uh, second week in December. And you know, back then, you could go to the gate and meet him when he got off the plane. Remember those days? Oh, <laughs> the yes. Old days? yes. 
So I'm standing there. Here comes this guy off the, off the plane. Now, he got a little bigger when he got here, but in weight-wise, he was 6'2", 225, military uniform, V-shape. I said, that's what they're supposed to look like. <laughs> and this guy who looks apart, he is, he's half as good as he looks. He's going to be a really good player. Then following him was his mom, Donna. Okay. Who marching out of the plane. And she had a notebook full of paper. She's asked me all these questions all weekend. But I never had so many questions asked me by a parent. She's a great lady, but a lot of questions. So, yeah, on those visits, you have 48 hours. And the kids get with our players. We have a team meal with parents and coaches and players. And, you know, they visit everybody. They visit the school that they're interested in. We actually, we ended up creating a major for Eddie because he didn't know if he wanted to do landscape or architecture. So we combined one to landscape architectural design. He's a really good student. And so the team doctors, the trainers, you introduce them to everybody, the counselors. So on Sunday morning, before they leave, I would have the coaches would have a meeting, a staff meeting about all the recruits. And we go around the table. How Orlando Pace? How's his weekend? Oh, really good. I think we have a good chance of getting coached. We do all these players like that. And finally, we get Dan Coops, Coach Cooper's. They said, hey, Bill, how about you? I want to know about Eddie George. He says, everybody loves that kid. The counselors all called, the equipment guys, even our team doctor. He's, a, he's got the best personality of anybody we've ever had here. What's our chance of getting Eddie George? Out of 100%, what's our chance? I said, 10%. <laughs> he goes, what? I said, coach, you don't understand. The mom's a nice lady, but she's crazy. I said, she asked me so many questions. I said, he will not make the decision. She'll make the decision. It'll be at the end of the, all of his visits. I'm sure of that. So time to take mom and Eddie back to the uh, airport. So I'm walking to the, to the plane, you know. Mom steps on the plane. Eddie and me are talking. I said, now, Eddie, when you get to your home, make sure you call me, collect. I want to see if you make sure you got home all right. Okay, coach, I'll do that. But I want to tell you something. I said, why? Well, he says, I want to come to Ohio State. I said, what? I want to come to Ohio State. I want to be a Buckeye. I said, hey, give bitch a back. I got, did you tell mama? <laughs> All of a sudden, she comes marching off the plane. Yeah, coach, we talked about last night. He loves Ohio State. I love Ohio State. We want him here. I said, now, Donna, you know what that means? You got to call those other schools and tell them you're not taking the visit in January. She said, okay. They got on the plane left. Now, as a coach, you've been through all these experiences. So that may happen. It may not happen. Right. Sure enough, she did it. Eddie signed with us, came to Ohio State. And, you know, that freshman year, he started off about number four tailback. Actually, we didn't know for sure we were going to keep him running back. He was so big. We thought he might be a defensive end or a tight end. Who, who knows? But what happened, a couple of our other tailbacks got hurt August camp. So we ended up playing this freshman year. And against Illinois, yep. uh, at home, he fumbled twice inside the five-yard line. But, you know, that just made him more determined. In the offseason, we uh, had the kids work out four days a week back then. And he would work out four days a week twice a day. He'd go the morning and the afternoon sessions. He did not want that to ever happen again. So the next time we played Illinois, a couple years later at home, he rushed for about 300 yards, a couple of touchdowns, and a couple of weeks later, he wins the Heisman Trophy. Right. And uh, what a great game, great guy. And that's a funny story in itself because we're uh, having recruits in that second week in December is when that they present the Heisman Trophy. So because he was a finalist, Coach Cooper was in New York. And so we're here in Columbus. So he calls me one night. 
uh, Sunday morning after Eddie got the Heisman. And he says, hey, I want you guys to come to the dinner tomorrow night. What dinner? He says, the Heisman Trophy dinner is actually the Monday after the presentation. I don't know if they're still doing that. I said, and this is where some funny things start to happen. He says, all right, I'm going to call the secretary and she's going to get all the prep plane reservations. And also I called O.P. Gallo. I said, O.P. Gallo, the tuxedo guy? Yes. They said, yeah, you got to wear tuxedos to this time. I said, coach, we don't have any tuxedos. <laughs> he said, that's why I called O.P. Gallo. He's going to be here at 7 o'clock tomorrow morning and your plane leaves at 11. So you guys go get your tuxes. Boom. You come to New York. So we all go down. We get fitted for our tuxes and we're rushing now to catch the plane. You know, there is nothing uglier than loving football coaches sweating and running to an airport <laughs> in a tuxedo. <laughs> Let me tell you that. So, so we get ready to get on the airplane and the stewardess says, is this, you guys going to a wedding? <laughs> no, no, we just got to go to New York for some reason. Be on the plane. We have a layover in Philadelphia. Very quick layover, about half an hour. We go back on the plane. This stewardess says, she says, are you guys a singing group? <laughs> so one of my best buddies, who's a teammate of mine, a longtime assistant at Ohio State also, Fred Pugich. Okay. Fred's ahead of me, about two guys. He said, yeah, we're the Flying Elvises, Columbus, Ohio chapter. <laughs> and he points back at me and says, there's a head Elvis. Thank you very much. We get on the plane. Okay. Now, so we're sitting in the plane. Takes off. Pilot comes on the loudspeaker. Special welcome. Flying Elvises, Columbus, Ohio chapter. <laughs> now we're signing autographs. <laughs> like we're singing. <laughs> it, was, it can't get craziness. So... So we land in New York and we get in the uh, limousines, take us over to the dinner at the Marriott Marquis, Times Square. Okay. And our table was like the last table. We're the last people to be put in that place. And uh, it was a great So And there's probably about 2,000 people in this place. I look across the room. The first person I see, Donna George, Eddie's mom. Okay. So I go running toward her. It's like a commercial, you see, and she's running toward me like on the beach, and you're going to meet halfway. You know? <laughs> so we give each other a big hug because here's a story that a lot of people don't know. His mom, Donna, was a flight attendant, so she wasn't home a lot. So his grades started to slip his freshman year a little bit. And so he got like a C on a math test or something like that. That was it. She got on the phone. She wanted to get him to a school where he'd have good discipline, good education, and have a chance to, to really succeed. And that's so how she found Fort Heaton. Because wow. it was a very disciplined school. And so that's how he ended up there. Well, then, of course, I know she had a big influence on him uh, come to make his decision to go come to Ohio State. But here's the greatest part of the whole story. Eddie signed his contract with the Houston Oilers, and they moved to Tennessee, became Tennessee Titans. And uh, he called. His mom said, Mom, can you got to come down to, for the signing. He said, you're the reason I was able to accomplish all this. And he said, I can't. You know, I, I got a flight from him. To, or in that, that day of, please, I'm trying to get somebody to take your place. Okay, I'll try to get somebody. And this was two days before. So she spends a whole day trying to get somebody to take her place on the flight. Finally, the last person she called agreed to do it so she could go down to Houston. So she flies down to Houston. Here's what's unbelievable, guys. She was supposed to have been on TWA Flight 800. That's the one that blew up in New York City. No. If she wouldn't have got that person, she'd have been on that plane to take her place. Oh, my gosh. I mean, you could, this is a Hollywood movie stuff that uh, makes so unbelievable. But Donna is one of my favorite people to this very day. We're very close. She's a great human being, great person. She deserved to see her son have this success. Oh, my goodness, Steph. So that's probably my greatest recruiting story. 
that's that a good that's one. Pretty good. I, I can, pretty I can good. see why that takes the cake, Coach. I went from laughing to mouth open to goosebumps all in one story. That's a good story. Can you can you tell he is a highly sought after speaker? Can you yes. tell from that? I totally could. <laughs> oh yes. my gosh. I was definitely enraptured with the story. Steph, you're on the edge of your seat. I really am. I kept going higher and closer to the computer screen. Steph's like, and then what happened? And then tell me, keep going. Keep going. <laughs> and then you sang on the plane. <laughs> and then you sang. <laughs> and then you had autographs. So. That's incredible. Well, Eddie George, I, uh, when I was in, I guess, middle school, he was the one that got my attention, coach. Like, Oh, really? Oh my gosh. Yeah. He was, he's my favorite high state player of all time and everybody you talk to one of the first things they say is is what you did they're so surprised how big he was right because he ended up being like a six two six three running back just humongous here's an interesting side story when i when i visited eddie at fork enid he uh, said hey coach there's a kid that came here from texas to play basketball and he's going to ohio state also uh, you want to meet him i said sure so we walked down to the gym in the at fork enid and guess who it is Ricky Dudley. Ricky Dudley comes to Ohio State, plays basketball a couple of years, decides he wants to play football. So one year he played both sports, Ricky, and then his senior year he just played uh, played football. Here's the amazing thing. Those guys, both, Eddie George, at that time, Eddie was up to about 6'3", 225, and Ricky was like 6'7", 255 or something like that. Pro timing day, they both ran. Four, four, seven. Oh my gosh. And they began first round draft picks. So Ricky Dudley, right? So again, I'm in middle school. I remember him showing up for basketball as a freshman. And I'm like, this dude is just chiseled as a 19 year old kid. And I, I can't imagine stuff playing against those dudes in high school. Yeah, I'd be like, I'm done. Like, it put them just, just put them put on top them, of you. Yeah, just put, put them the at the front, the front of the bus. Have them yeah. get off the bus first because those two oh, yeah. are just physical specimens. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, coach, but I think Dudley ended up being like a top ten NFL draft pick. I believe. Oh when, yeah, it was when, yeah. when he came out of uh, college. In. That's incredible! What a fantastic story. I have a question. With recruiting, yes. are you just exhausted? I'd have to mentally? be mentally. Like you're okay, Eddie George. I've got to call seven o'clock every Monday. So and so, I've got to call. Like it's you have to be on top of your game twenty four seven. Yeah, for how many months? Just trying to woo these guys to a high estate. Were you exhausted? Yeah, it never ends. And plus, you got to start in the next year's class and the year after that. And it's even really more hectic even today than it was then. But you have to love doing that. You have to, re- and I, I loved recruiting because I like meeting different people in different areas of the country. I, I, I love to tell this story. I, the one day it was the last day we could officially be on the road. Okay. And I was in six states and two countries. What? In 24 hours. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little, it's kind of amusing. Started off, left Columbus early in the morning at Net Jets. And I had a kid I had to visit in uh, North Carolina. Okay. That, then it took me to Georgia Military Academy where I had to meet with a kid there and uh, into Florida, meet with a kid down there in Fort Lauderdale. And then I was in, uh, I had to go to New Orleans to uh, a player there, a defensive lineman out of New Orleans. I guess it was five states. And then I had to fly to Toronto, Canada. I was recruiting two kids out of Canada. Now, this is uh, how you get all wrapped up and forget about things. I forgot about the weather change. So I'm <laughs> I'm in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and New Orleans, and I've got a, a shirt on, coaching shirt. And uh, now I got to be Canada. I take Air Canada, we'll land in in Toronto, and I got a meeting with a, a kid there after school. I mean, this is all happening pretty quick. And uh, 
<laughs> it was about 35 degrees. <laughs> I didn't have a jacket. So you know, me and his house. But then I had to drive an hour and a half in a snowstorm oh. to Brampton, Ontario to re- recruit a defensive end out there. And we got both of those kids from Canada. But by the time I got back to the hotel, it was 2.30 in the morning. And uh, I was frozen solid. I bet. <laughs> I had to be airport at 6 the next morning. So is it long? But out of all those kids, I think we got four or five of them. So it was worth it. So, Coach, do you have any good stories of, I, I want to keep going on the recruiting, right? Where you're on the road, Coach, you show up to a recruit's house. And, and one, I'm assuming you have probably eaten a lot of terrible meals at some of these places, right? And you're just faking it like this is the best thing I've ever put in my mouth. But did you have yeah. any surprises that happened to you when you showed up to recruit's house you know, over the course of your career? Yeah, the one kid I was recruiting out, Deerfield Beach, Florida. I remember that. His mom is going to make a, a sweet potato pie. Okay. I was looking forward to that. But she forgot a key ingredient, some sugar. <laughs> it, was, it was awful. <laughs> but like you said, you had to act like you liked it. But that's, that was really kind of – I was recruiting a kid out of Miami. And uh, this kid we didn't get uh, because the other team, we pulled some underhand and stuff. But we were in the, in the house, and we're talking. And Coach Cooper says, you haven't had any questions. So the mom says, yeah, Coach, what are you going to give the kid's name? We're going to give him to come to Ohio State. You know what? We're going to give him to come to Ohio State. And Coach Cooper said, room, board, books, tuition. That's what a scholarship is. <laughs> so, and they just kind of looked. So we're walking, walking out to the, our car. Cooper looks at me. He says, I don't think we're going to get him, Billy. I said, no, we're not going to get him. And the school that he ended up going to was coming in right behind us. We passed him on the sidewalk. I don't want to say who it was. Yeah, yeah. You would not recognize people if I said that. That's a good point, Coach, because I remember, gosh, this is a while ago. I guess this is probably a decade ago with the whole Cam Newton thing, right? When you hear about his parents yeah. shopping him out to you know different colleges you know, to the highest bidder or whatever. Now, granted, I mean, they ended up winning a national championship at Auburn, but that stuff, that stuff happens. I guess what's one of the, without naming names, is there a story that you have heard from a recruit that some college offered a kid or promised them that was just, you know, crazy? Yeah, there was one kid as an offensive lineman. We heard a school offering him a car. Oh. And he was driving one, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. Let me keep going. Let me keep going. This is incredible. This is incredible. Okay, so as the recruiting coordinator at Ohio State, Coach Connolly helped Ohio State land seven top 10 classes, including the 1996 class that was ranked number one in the country, and 1999 and 2000 classes that were each ranked number two. He recruited two Heisman Trophy winners, Eddie George, Troy yes. Smith. Oh, I meant Smith. That's what, I meant. That's what I meant. He also recruited two future number one draft picks, Orlando Pace. Orlando Pace. Pace. That's where I was coming. Yeah. And Dan Big Daddy Wilkinson. So Orlando Pace, he was mm-hmm. just freakishly athletic right at that mm-hmm. size yes because couldn't, he, couldn't yes. he dunk a basketball in, in high school yeah yeah he could he was all his all state basketball matter of fact first time i went to school to visit him up to sandusky uh he was in the gym right before practice was starting basketball practice okay and uh he did a reverse slam dunk oh, i mean God. this guy was he was so athletic and he he by orlando pace to this day is the best offensive tackle i've ever seen at the college level he was oh. amazing. Super athletic, strong, had all the skills, all the techniques, and a good guy, too. He's a lot like, like Eddie, just a good person. Gosh. 
Steph, can you imagine him in high school? That would be like me playing against a first grader, right? Him just manhandling everybody sure. in high school with how big athletic you he didn't, was. You didn't, you didn't want to take a charge from, from more like Oh, <laughs> gosh. You just fall down. Just, or just like, let I would him just, go yeah. by. Just let I would, him go by. I would <laughs> escort him <laughs> through the lane. Him. Like, hey, go ahead and do your reverse, bro. <laughs> <laughs> gosh. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Uh-uh. Taking a charge? No, thanks. Then as position coach at high state, Coach Conley coached six first-team All-Americans, 12 first-team All-Big Ten players. Then after retiring from Ohio State in 2004, which this was funny to me, by the way, Coach, you announced your retirement on April Fool's Day of 2004. <laughs> on April 1st. I didn't realize that. Did <laughs> You uh, did it? Not, not after. They oh. reminded me afterwards. <laughs> I was going to say, how many people thought that was probably a joke? I guess that day when you announced your retirement on April April first, did you get a lot yeah. of that? Oh yeah, after it's over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Oh, then coach served as the national recruiting analyst for ESPN, and of course, like I mentioned, became a highly sought after speaker, as you can tell. Uh-huh. In addition to a local media personality on TV and radio, then in 2010, stuff, coach became just the second head coach in the history of the Ohio Dominican football program, and turned them into Division II national power. So during his tenure at ODU, the Panthers were ranked as high as number four in the country and at one point won 21 consecutive regular season games from 2012 to 14, which was at that time the longest active win streak. There was a unique situation. There was that there was a time there for a few weeks where all three of the major division, division one, division two, and division three, football all were Ohio schools. Mount Union was the leading with the division three. We were leading with number two and Ohio State leading with number one. And then today of course, he works at NBC4, giving his opinion on Buckeye football. Each weekend on the show, Buckeye Breakdown. Are your kids just like, I have the coolest dad ever? Or or the coolest like, grandpa ever. Like, seriously, I would just, I would just want to hear stories from you nonstop. Like, the fact that your kids were able to grow up in this, like, lifestyle. Well, you know, it's, it's funny for, the, for my two boys. Of course, they were around all the time. Uh, right. The unfortunate thing with it, when you're a college coach and because of recruiting too, you're not as home as much as you'd like to. They both played high school football and uh, I didn't get to watch them quite as much as I'd like to. If we had a home game and they were playing, I could watch it. But you know, if it was, we're away, it's Friday night. I couldn't watch a game, of course. And so you miss that, but they got a lot of good experiences too. They got to go to the, the bowl games and yeah. everything. Now you're right. I got actually two granddaughters and two grandsons and they're still small, but they, are starting to get into the football thing now and everything. So they're realizing it's part of the lifestyle. So Steph, you had a list of people you wanted to ask coach about mm-hmm. to see if he had any good stories. Yep. Go ahead and give give the few that you had off the top of your head. I have so many, but I'm going to try to... Karen's give, like, a, you give, ask him five. three. Give oh, him you three. You gave me five earlier. And then I said 10. No, so now let's I'm down go to three. three. Okay. How about Kirk Herbstreet? Oh yeah. Kirk was a quarterback for us in the 90s. He was a really smart guy. That's why he's so such a good announcer. I mean, he knows the game mm-hmm. and uh, just a good all-around person and, you know, really has done a phenomenal job. And he got that when he interviewed for ESPN. That was the, they threw him in the, in the room and they said, this is what I want you to do. This is the situation. Go. And he didn't have time to think, boom, boom, boom. And he was perfect scenario of a, of a game situation. Made like he was doing a play-by-play and everything and, and did a great job. And, uh, you know, great parents too. You know, his dad passed away a few years ago, but you know, 
being a captain, your dad was a captain of Ohio State. That's something special. Yeah. So I'm thinking of three people right now, and it's Rabel, Fickle, and Spielman. So do you have any stories about those three guys? Well, one of the greatest ones is Chris Spielman. Now, you know, my first year, I came from Middletown High School. I'm going to recruit the linebackers. Chris was coming in as a freshman. I hadn't been involved in that recruiting because I was coaching high school at that time. So I'm in the locker room. My assignment was to tell the freshmen coming in where their locker room was at. So they come in the door. I'd say, so this guy comes in. You know, Chris wasn't very big. You know, he's about six foot 199 okay. uh, when he came to Ohio State. So he walks up to me and says, hey, coach, I'm Chris Spielman. Where's my locker room? Is? Okay, who are you really? <laughs> well, I'm Chris Spielman because I heard about all these great things about Chris Spielman. You know, what a great player he was. I'm thinking, he ain't big enough to be a great player, you know? He said, no, I'm Chris Spielman. I said, okay, Coach Puggett put you up in this, didn't he? No he way. put you up. He tried to pull a, a joke on the rookie coach. No, I'm Chris Spielman. It was. So sure enough, and I thought, man, how can this guy live up to expectations? The first day on the practice field, answered that one. This guy went hard every second of every play. We get done the first day of practice. He's a freshman. Get ready to go in. It's after three days. We practice a day. And I look over and he's tackling the one man sled. He's going next to working on his own. I say, Chris, come on. Okay. And eat. I say, Coach, I got to get better. I got to get better. Good. Maybe he's just trying to impress the coach. Second day, we go off the field. He's over hitting the shiver board. Shiver board's a long padded board with shock absorbers back. Used to practice, you know, hand blows to cool. He's going down that shiver board, sitting there, boom, 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 boom. I said, Chris, what are you doing? He says, Coach, we got to beat those people up more. <laughs> then I knew he was going to be something special. <laughs> he already knew it was to beat Michigan. So, so that's that's Chris. So. He's a special guy. He played so hard. Wasn't he on the cover of a Wheaties box or something back in high school? Yes. Like he was that big of a, like a star even in high school. There's two reasons why he got that. Okay. First of all, he was a great high school footballer. Probably the greatest high school footballer okay. that year. Second, City of Masson sold more Wheaties boxes than anybody else. <laughs> that was part of the contest. Okay. <laughs> Well, it worked. It did work. It did work. It was very good. <laughs> and then you said Luke Fickle. Fickle, yes. Uh, Luke, I recruited Luke. He was he played at DeSales High School, and uh, I remember going to his home, showing his parents how to fill out the scholarship papers and everything like that. But uh, the, the reason we really decided on on offering Luke was not only was he a good, great football player, but he was a great wrestler. He was a national champion wrestler. And he had won some medal in Mexico City, the high school medal or something like that in some competition. And uh, so when you're a wrestler, you play with great leverage. You're strong in the core. You got good hands and hand-eye coordination. And so that's a big reason we, we decided on Luke. Well, Steph, we need to be respectful oh. of Coach's time. But Coach, please know, you have an open invitation. Open. Open. Wide open invitation. We'd love to come back sometime. Would you call me? I'd love to come back. Oh, we would absolutely love that. Well, friends, for more information about Coach Conley, you can go to his website, coachbillconley.com to get more information about him, look at his book as well that goes through Buckeye Stories. Just fantastic. Well, Coach, thank you so much. Thanks, we appreciate Coach. your time. Well, thank you guys. Appreciate it. And we'll see you in the near future. Go Bucks. 
friends, we want to encourage you to please follow us wherever you listen to this, whether it's on the Apple Podcast app, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or one of the other platforms. It's completely free, you guys. This helps us out big time with the folks who track this stuff. If you haven't already, we want to encourage you to please rate or even write us a review on Apple Podcast. We need as many as we possibly can, even if it's just one sentence. Thank you for listening, you guys, and sharing us with your friends. 